everyone, welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. Uh, my name is Dave Rowlands. I'm the head of content at B2B Marketing and Propolis, which is the global community for B2B marketers. And I'm joined today by two esteemed guests, David Coughlin and Richard Johnson, who are the co-founders of the Inspired Marketing Group. So, uh, David, Richard, thank you very much for joining us. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and, and about IMG as well? David, perhaps we'll go to you for this one. Uh, yeah, sure. So Inspired Marketing Group, um, we started the business three years ago, 2020, right at the start of COVID, which is um, a brilliant idea. Um, we are client-side marketers. and We basically um, set our business up because of what we wanted when we were working in-house. And what we do is we are a, um, I guess, a freelance marketplace. So um, whatever marketing skill you want or need in your business, come to us and we can put those people into your business and that's something super flexible basis so you know it could be a day a month it could be a day a week it could be five days a week and you can sort of turn those skills on and off as you need them and as your business changes fantastic and uh, richard how about yourself what's your your role in img uh co-founder with dave so we we literally do this together we've previously worked together twice before and uh like i say we we took the we took the plunge took redundancy just before um covid and decided to launch a business which was crazy but it's uh yeah, it's basically born out of everything we wanted as client-side marketeers, but struggled to find. And our clients are loving the fact that we've done this now and everyone we speak to is like, it's brilliant. This is what we need. Fantastic. Well, today we are going to talk about the evolution of working behaviours over the past few years and, and what this means for employers and employees alike going forwards. Um, so first things first, you know, we've obviously seen huge amounts of change in, you know, the sort of world of flexible working over the past few years starting from you know i think a, a world where I, I'm, I don't have the numbers in front of you uh, front of me sorry but i imagine most people were in the office five days a week uh, to a world where you know certainly that you kind of expect at least some degree of flexibility um and there's obviously a whole bunch of different definitions to, to accompany that so hybrid virtual flex, whatever it is so from your point of view how would you define flexible working i guess um there's a bit of conflation right between flexible working and working from home so flexible working isn't working from home um flexible working is uh, the option to work from anywhere and whenever so um i think i just want to get that out of the way first right you know working from home is one form of flexible working but um flexible working means that you can yeah do your job from wherever and whenever and this you know this used to frustrate me back in 2016 in fact that was when I sort of first pitched the idea of ING um, was I can do my job from anywhere. And even when we were working together at Experience, right? You know, I was the digital marketing manager. I was doing everything in GA on online and spreadsheets. We had shared drive. Um, so I could do my job from anywhere. Um, but I had to go to the office five days a week. But the point is, right, I could have been on a beach in France. Um, and still probably if I had good Wi-Fi, which may not have been the case in 2012, but it, you know, the, the fundamentals are I could have done my job from anywhere. Um, however, culturally, if I'd said to Rich in 2012, Rich, uh, I'm going to go and work from a beach in France for the next three months, I'd have been sacked. And I think that's the thing, Dave, is that um, it's always been around. It's flexible working has always been around. And I agree with what you said as well around there's so many definitions between working from home, remote, flexible working, office-based hybrid. It feels like it needs to be flexible or office-based. That's the two definitions now. If you look at it by definition, 
um, sort of flexibility is the ability to easily modify without breaking. Uh, to me, flexible working is about finding those mutually agreeable ways of an employee to perform their tasks to the best of their ability, which doesn't harm the business. And like I said before, let's be honest, it's been around. You just had to fill in a form previously. So you'd have mm. to fill in a form, you'd have to sit down uh, with your HR, with your HR lead and your and your line manager and explain why you want to work from home on a Friday because you want to see your family more and that was a great day of doing it. And then the world performed the quickest and most comprehensive test and learn on flexible work. <laughs> form of COVID-19 and I'd be flabbergasted now if you have to fill in the form to do that but it but it's about just making sure people show up at their best and if they show up at their best and they're not in an office let them do that yeah no, it's, it's a good point and I, I think interestingly I think the the conversation is starting to change a bit though because I think let's say two years ago I think everyone was fully on board the flexible working train if you like everyone was like yeah this is the future why do we need to go back into offices it's a waste of money it's you know I'm, I'm, it's a waste of time i'm traveling in all the time there's, there's absolutely no point to it but we definitely are seeing at least some kickback um i think largely from the sort of ceos of the world um I, you know i'm certainly not hearing any any sort of gen z's in in the office complaining about flexible work but is that something you're also seeing at that kind of slow change back to type i agree I wonder what drives that decision in reality, whether that is the fact that I don't really know any way of working. I was kind of forced down the flexible working and now I want to go back to what I've always known. And actually I've been 35 years in an office and that's what I feel more comfortable in. Whether it's real data and insight, personal opinion, whether it's empty buildings and city centres that they, that they can't sell, but they, so let's get people in to utilise them because it feels better spending that money. I wonder, I wonder what's driving it, but I definitely see it. I definitely see more people trying to get people back into the office. Yeah. So David, where do you think that leaves flexible working in 2023? Are we, are we in a place where you expect maybe in a few years we'll, we'll, we'll move back to five days a week? Or do you think actually what's happening is we're, we're kind of, you know, we went all the way to one extreme and now we're kind of settling back somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I get. I guess the clues in the title, right? is flexible working right it's not office working or it's not working from home you know it, it, i think where we're getting to like like you said the old world was five days in the office. the covid world was by necessity five days from home we now have the option to be truly flexible so i think what the the, the two extremes of that spectrum have demonstrated is that people can work remotely from anywhere um, I definitely think um, having a central or organised space that people can collaborate in, can uh, get together in, is absolutely helpful. And there are absolutely way, uh, you know, things that are better done in, in groups, you know, workshops, even us, right? We're a digital business and we are about to launch an in-person event because having people in a room together, sharing ideas, sharing, um, discussing challenges, is a great way of accelerating learning and um, you know building connections and communicating. But where I think we're going to end up, right, is is somewhere on that spectrum, and it's going to be different for different businesses in different sectors, different people. So my dad, for example, um, he works from home a couple of days a week, but he loves to go to the office because, again, like you said, 
right? He's worked in office all his life. That's that's what he knows likes, you know, and that's how he likes to operate. And he also likes the separation between home and work. Um, there's absolutely, you know, there's there's value in that, right? I, I I don't know what it's like for you, Dave, but I'm I'm in my study now. Next door is my living room. But in the evenings when the kids come home and, and you know, the, the separation between work and life is very is much more blurred. That for me is is helpful, but sometimes it is intrusive. So there's absolutely value in being able to work flexibly and being able to choose, right, today I'm going to go into the office because I want to have a conversation with X, Y, and Z people. This, I've got this project to work on and I want to do that in a collaborative way in a physical space. However, as a result of that workshop or that session, there may be a whole work stream of stuff that needs to happen where I need to get my head down, I need to focus, and I need some quiet private space, so I'll do that at home. And I think that is the point, right? It's that flexibility to work how and when and where we like. But from a business perspective, the business shouldn't care. All they care about is the output. I don't care if you're in the office, if you're at home, if you're on a beach in France or wherever, just do your bloody job which is frankly all the business should be caring about. And I think what um, where businesses are getting their knickers in a twist with this is that they don't know how to measure outputs correctly. And, you know, we had somebody on our own podcast ages ago, like two years ago, one of um, a former colleague of mine um, who talked about like lazy management. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm great. This is just how we've always operated, but you'll all know you start your year, you have your KPI set, you have your objectives, your, your whatever, it's all written out in a nice thing and you get measured on that at the end of the year. But I can guarantee you that that document sits in a drawer for 12 months and then a week before your end of year review, you get it out and go, oh crap, how much of this have I done? Oh, I can talk, I can make it up. It's all rubbish. And the point is, right, that the objectives that we've set don't align to the work we do or to the outputs that we deliver because the business is you know, going off in lots and lots of different directions. And that is the fundamental issue with yeah. working and remote working, etc. I, I also think as well, there's been a huge power shift post-COVID, as in employees now know what they want and they're not afraid to actually ask for it. Whereas before, so you went into an interview and not many people went, actually, can I have an extra five grand on that? Blah, blah, blah. You'd almost accept what they're given now. People now don't go for jobs if it's not I, I know what I want and that's what I'm gonna gonna achieve and I think what we're also seeing at the moment is the evolution of the workplace so what works we talked about before what, what the business was like in 1950 is different to what it was like in 1970 but that process that evolutionary process is normally elongated over a period of time this was a slack band wallop we are now completely morphing how we're going to work with COVID. Bang, everyone's going remote from home. And I think that's why we're kind of being dragged back again. I think flexible working that probably was always going to come over time, but it would have been in 2020, 2050 when people were there. COVID just did it instantly and it bypassed the normal evolutionary processes. And I think mm. that's why we're seeing this real tug of war at the moment. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. I mean, you talk about the, you know, the power shift back to employees, and I completely agree. But I wonder, you know, is that down to, uh, you know, the sort of the, the expectation for flexible work? Or is that just a difficult job market? Or is it is it both? I don't know, David, what are your what are your sort of thoughts on that? I think it's an arm wrestle, right? I think we're, it's, 
there's a lot, lots of factors there, right? So the job market at the moment, there are not many people unemployment, in, in unemployed. Um, that number is sort of creeping up slowly, but um, generally at the moment, there are lots of people in employment. There's less talent than there are jobs. So businesses are under pressure to, frankly, get the skills they need. That by itself gives, you know, employees uh, greater power because they can dictate who they work for, what they get paid, and, and the terms of that contract. So that's that's one factor. Um, the other is again around expectation. So what do people want? Like Richard said, there's this whole um, uh, new expectation of what people want, right? They want to work remotely, they want to work flexibly, blah, 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 whatever it is. So we've got this arm wrestle between um, sort of expectations of employees, the positive position they're in, in terms of their demand for their skills. And then we've got, like I was sort of touching on earlier around this, this sort of challenge that businesses are facing in terms of how do I, how do I manage the outputs and drive performance for the business when I've got, when I don't have everybody under one roof, when I can't command and conquer, when I can't just dictate, this is what we're doing, this is what's happening. Um, so you've got these sort of, um, these two opposing forces and businesses going through this flex, right? Where they've got to try and work this out and culturally, operationally, um, it's huge. Changing from a you know an ivory tower where you put the CEO at the top dictating what happens and everybody in the building gets the memo. That's you know that's how things have always worked. But where you've got people all over the world in different time zones managed indirectly through lots of teams communicating that single vision and that single um, sort of objective is really difficult to do. And and I think this is where we're seeing businesses demanding people back to the office because it's just easier, right? It's easier to get everyone back in the office, which, by the way, they're paying for. So they've still got the commercial sort of, we've got this space. Um, it's much easier to do that than to restructure, reorganize, reprocess, re, you know, improve communication, frankly. And it goes back to that, what I'm saying about that lazy management, it's being more proactive with communication, and more um, clear with communication about what needs to happen. That's a massive undertaking. Um, so a long way of saying that business is going to go through massive change in the next five to ten years um and it ain't going to be easy and i think even agile businesses like tech businesses you know like open ai or amazon or all of these sorts of guys um it's going to be really difficult for them just because of the scale number of people that are involved in that in that transition yeah. So, David, do you think that uh, Richard, sorry, just to bring you into it, do you think then that there needs to almost be a fundamental change in the way management works in order to ensure that flexible working actually, you know, does work? Because we've moved from a world where everyone's in the office five days a week, younger staff in particular, are probably learning a lot just by osmosis, just by being there. Um, whereas now, of course, you're not always in the room with them and you, you might need to be more prescriptive or, or track projects more. Is there a change needed, do you think? I think I think there's a change. Dave touched on it earlier about um, this kind of lazy management. I think it's a lot harder to to um, upscale and, and teach people in a remote environment, but it 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 clearly can work because open university wouldn't be a thing if remote learning, you know, didn't actually exist. Um, I think th there's one thing I want to touch on about that as well, and I think 
it's interesting because we we have to be very careful about our demographic. I'm talking mine and Dave's demographic here in terms of how we do settle that workplace for the future. Because I think it's very easy for us to go flexible working, flexible working. It's the way forward. It's the way forward. But when I think back to how I learned, I learned a lot by being around people. Mm. Uh, Dave touched on this earlier in the call, saying I'm starting my study. You know, I'm starting my study. Yes, we're very lucky to have a study. Most people share houses. It, it becomes impossible to work from home if you want to do it that way. So you need these collective workspaces. Uh, and, and I think I think that's the biggest thing for me is the younger generation. How do we provide them with a with a workspace potentially, which is befitting of what they need to 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 be in to to grow and achieve as future leaders and workers. Um, but also enable them to, um, I think you, I think you build up so much interpersonal skills by communicating in the office, but then again, the other side of me just thinks maybe it's just a different way of the world. You know, my, my daughter, when she first went to school, she was given a mouse and she didn't understand what a mouse did in terms of a computer. She had to learn a different way of doing stuff, and and it, it I, I touched on before. It is it's evolutionary. It's what it's what's happening. We just probably need to understand what what the issues are and have ways of overcoming them. And like you say, it could just be central locations rather than your big flagship bricks and mortar with a logo on it. You know, and I, and I've done that in the past. In the fact that in my previous role. I, I was uh, looking after two regions, one in the northeast, one in Yorkshire, and I had an office in both regions, but it didn't mean that when I was sat in Yorkshire, I wasn't, you know, working for the northeast and vice versa. I've always done it remotely. I was just in a different environment with a different team. And I just think it's going to be difficult, but I just think we need to learn and adapt. And, and I go back to the point I said earlier, is evolution is normally over a series of years, we've done this in in literally, well, Boris Johnson stood there and went, everyone's working from home from tomorrow. Bang. That is a big adaptation in, in one go. And I think we're, we, we still need to work it through. And, yeah. and I, think you're, I think you're right, Rich, because there's, there's, there's almost like three components here, right? So you're hired at, at any job because of what you do. So that's the skills you have and the value that you can provide to that business, right? The The central location you know traditionally an office was always how you do it so you go to the office and you do the skill that you've been employed to do and the sort of the how you operate while you're doing that skill becomes you know company culture and it's how you operate it's how you're into person because it's all that stuff rich that you just talked about but actually and there was a um, some research release i think this week by the cmi um, around management training and all this sort of thing and how I was one of these, right, an accidental manager, right? People just become people managers by default because they've been in a business for long enough or they are good at what they do. So they're good at the skill, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're manager. However, they become a people manager. So it probably now with a more flexible, remote and, and sort of hybrid working approach becomes even more important in terms of how do we do or how do we deliver the skills that we're employed to do? So that now becomes a skill uh, uh, or set of expertise which people need on top of 
whatever it is the job that you do and i think this is going to be a really important change over the coming years well you know rich you've got kids i've got kids they need to almost learn how to work before they get to work and that will be digital platforms it'll be you know slack messaging it'll be all the things that are still to come that haven't even been invented yet in terms of how people can work sort of asynchronously and digitally and then company culture then becomes almost the why right so if every company if i'm a digital marketer for example and i know how to operate in an asynchronous digital-led flexible working world those two skills i can apply to any business and most businesses are going to work in a similar way so then the only saleability that a business has got is the why right so it's why do they exist what are they trying to achieve which then looking at it from a company perspective goes well our in order to attract talent it doesn't matter where we are and every, you know we just need the skills we need to now give people a really compelling reason why they should choose to work with us so it's it's going to be you know looking sort of 10 10 years 15 years down, it's going to be really interesting in terms of how this shakes out and how that relationship between employers and employees continues um and whether now this sort of battle, this sort of arm wrestle is the beginning of what the working world's going to look like. Um, yeah. And act actually that command control and, um, you know, dictatorial sort of controlling employer-employee relationship is, is it over? Who knows? Remains to be seen. On the, the point of culture, do you think there's a, a lot greater expectations around what that looks like today? Because I, I do feel like, the culture in you know offices let's say 10 years ago it was almost just a, a it, it wasn't an actively thought about thing it was almost just like a byproduct it was like well you turn up and you know there's a, these people like to do this on a thursday or, or whatever pizza thursday being bagged in a beer pump <laughs> yeah exactly where do i sign yeah, exactly. <laughs> um but do you think there are more expectations around actually making an office a i don't want to say fun but you know a, a more enjoyable place to be uh, in 2023 I agree, but I also think that's potentially the key to get it. So if you are if you are completely on the left and you want people back in the office, that's the key to get them back into the office to me, is make it enjoy, make it worthwhile, make it worth that half an hour drive to get there. Um, how you do it, I, I, I don't know, but it, but I, I do do see I do see a lot more and again, I keep harping back to COVID. I think completely changed people's views and we, we kind of realized that immortality wasn't a thing anymore and actually you know we're all eventually going to die we question and we question our lives and actually i think people people now there's a probably there's a greater sense of doing the right thing and i think and i think you you find employees now choosing companies rather than the other way around so it might be you've got all of the skill sets you're exactly what i want but actually, I don't want to work for that company for whatever that may, may be. And it, and it could be down to, like you say, in terms of how they treat their staff, how they how they have that office environment. Um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot. There's a lot that needs to happen. Yeah. And I think we were starting to see that change anyway with the, you know, the likes of Glassdoor and, and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know anyone uh, just looking at my own friends who look for a job um who don't look at glassdoor before they join a company and the funny thing about that is you know sometimes you see a five-star review but if it's 10 reviews and they're all five stars you start thinking mm, as uh you know someone been on to them <laughs> you know but I, I think you're right i think we're starting to see people 
buying into a company more so than just the, the title and, and the step up? It happens all the time. Only yesterday, somebody contacted me and said, I'm going for a job. I've got a second interview with this business. You know them. Give me the lowdown on them. And it wasn't about, it wasn't about, you know, um, job role or expect. It was like, I've seen this in terms of how they portray themselves. Is it true? What's your insight? You know, give us the inside line onto that. I, I think that it's people, are, people are becoming a lot more choosy. And if you're going to give up your life, you know, make sacrifices to do whatever you want to do in a job, we all need one. You become, people are becoming a lot more choosy about who they're willing to invest their time in. Yeah. And I was going to talk about this, but I think we've almost answered the, the, the question already, which is, you know, what's the risk if, if you don't start making some of these changes and, and the risk is people just don't want to join you and you don't attract 100%. the right talent. Yeah. And I think it's the thing with flexible working as well is that in a, in a, in a pre COVID state, bricks and mortar, you used to limit your prospect pool by, by geography. So you were based in Nottingham and I would look at a job and I'd go, Oh, that's 60 miles away. I'm, I'm, I'm you almost, you almost, uh, what's the word? Um, Qualified self out, self right? out it, basically. Yeah. Now, today what Dave said if you've got the if you've got brilliant skill sets and you're based in Nottingham but the job's in Brighton what what does it matter now because why why as a business are you are you limiting the the talent pool which could come to your business because you are fixated around five days in the office I personally would much sooner hire the right person with the best skill sets who could take my business forward and work out how we make that work and if that is three days in the office, two days not, five days remote, whatever, I want the best people in my team to drive the business forward. I'll work out how the rest works. Yeah. Yeah. No, I completely agree. One thing I want to talk about as well before we um, begin to wrap up is creativity, because particularly in marketing, creativity is obviously at the, you know, the heart of what we do. And I think, I think it's fair to say, you know, if you're working at home in isolation all day, that's that might be a good, uh, you know, it might be quite conducive for creativity for some people, but I wouldn't mind making for a lot of people, it's it's not. So how do you think that, you know, employers can build an environment where teams can actually work creatively and they're not just stuck in a in a pigeonhole? Again, I, I think it's about it's about systems, it's about technology, but it's it is about a mix of of in person. And I and I think there's um there's an agency in Nottingham impression, um, you know, Aaron and Craig, the sort of founders there, they, their policy is around, um, uh, what's the term? It's really good. It's, it's like presence of, a uh, presence with purpose, right? So go into the office if you want, but it has to be a purpose, right? If you can have a meeting, there's a purpose. And I think that's the thing. And it's about this sort of active communication, proactive communication is right. Folks, we, we've got this, this campaign or this, um, you know, this piece of work we need to um, output in this amount of time. We need to get everyone in there. We need to get some ideas going. Let's all get into the office. Um, like, you know, like you do, right? You'd organize a workshop. Whereas before you might say, oh, guys, can I just pull you into this session for 20 minutes um, and interrupt whatever they were actually working on? You now... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you just come and turn on some creative creativity? <laughs> Whereas actually it's about, again, it's about communication. It's about proactivity. It's about organization. It's about alignment around the, uh, an objective. And it is getting people together for purpose, for a purpose. You all know what you're there for. You all know what you're trying to achieve. You all know what you're trying to do. And you can then bring all your ideas in. And actually it'll make it more 
um, a better output. So there is a potential, right, where um, these changes will drive greater creativity because you get everybody on the same page, you get everybody aligned around a purpose. They execute, and then, like I said earlier, you know, you then maybe um, sort of you know separate and go and execute different parts of that um, creative process individually, and then sort of recombine it, and that can be done online collaboratively, collaboratively as well. But I, but I think it's down to the individual as well, because, you know, I, I personally used to hate those, everyone in a room, let's be creative. I find almost that I'm, I'm, let's be honest, I'm at my most creative when I'm in the shower. That's not, that's not an invitation for anyone to join us to do that. But actually, that's that's, that's a, a snippet for the marketing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But do you know what I mean? That, that's, it's, yeah, it's, it, you've, we've just got to, we've just got to, bring everyone along on that journey. And I think that's the key to me is anything which is forced isn't going to work. We have to bring everyone along on this journey. And some, some will self-select and not want to be in certain businesses. Some will, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I read an interesting article about that the other day, Rich, about, cause you always, Rich always says to me, oh, I was thinking today, Dave, I was in the shower and I had this thought, or I had that thought oh, for years, like literally the 10 yeah. years that I've known Rich always has his ideas in the chat and and it's about that it's about rest it's about your brain going into calm mode and it and it you know um because today's just so busy right mm. social media it's work it's kids it's life it's dun, dun, dun. having a shower is the only time probably in your day where you actually have 10 minutes to just actually not do anything I'm just gonna wash my hair we're definitely not having our planning session in the shower <laughs> <laughs> But it, but, it, it's, but it's sorry, including that, right? In the, it's including that in the working. Like rest is so important. Having that that creative space. So I I I enjoy going out in the garden, and when I'm gardening, it's so it's mindless, right? Digging in the ground. But I'm my mind's whirring because it's the only time I get to stop. And I think you know having this culture as a company um, of rest, you know, planned rest and creative collaboration deep thinking time it's about how do you organize um your your business to include all of those different areas so that again different people can bring their skills at the right and, time and Dave and I agree and my last thing on flexible working is nobody is showing up at their best after an hour commute from how walking into the office at nine o'clock and going I'm ready to go <laughs> at walk to school drop your kids off maybe go to the gym turn up at your desk at nine o'clock I think you're rested and you're better for it. Yeah, I, no, I completely agree. Well, Richard, David, thank you very much for joining me today. I think that's all we've got time for. Um, but where can people learn more about uh, IMG and your, and your thoughts on flexible working? Sure. So um, the imgroup.co.uk is our website. Um, yeah, come and have a look. We, uh, we've got our own podcast. We'll be running again soon uh, we've got an event coming up in nottingham potentially going to take that on a bit of a roadshow um depending if anyone turns up um but yeah you can reach us reach us on the website um it'd be great to hear from you fantastic well thank you very much and i uh, hope to see you again soon brilliant thanks a lot bye